0: Welcome, everyone, to Andre and Cruz podcast, and I am Andre himself. I have four articles I'm going to run through, and we're going to have some fun. And I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. Y'all going to see before I will, because y'all know I don't believe in editing. But um, share it everywhere. Let's get it. So first of all, there's going to be two animes and two wrestling ones. So I'm going to do the anime, wrestling, anime, wrestling. That way we can end off on a wrestling note. So... Basically, I'm gonna do my best as I can to pretty much go into detail as much as possible when it comes to all the uh, each article—not each article, but what they're talking about in this article—and just follow along as best as you can, pretty much. All right, all right, let's get it. The first article is ten shonen anime protagonists who are not the strongest in their universes. Now, let me start off with the anime protagonists. Now, whenever you're watching uh, shonen anime, shonen anime are action and adventures. And it goes on for X amount of episodes. Like I think every single shown in anime that I know of have at least a hundred plus anime. It continues. The only one who doesn't have that, but most likely will reach that, is One Punch Man on Hulu. But as as far as his manga is keep keep going, and they got a season three coming. He's definitely going to hit a hundred episodes soon. So Naruto has over a hundred episodes. They got like seven hundred episodes. Dragon Ball, Bleach, One Piece. Um, My Hero Academia Demon Slayer is going to hit over 100 episodes I can tell you that now The Seven Deadly Sins Etc, etc, etc So these are a lot of shows out there A lot of action related Action and long term storylines pretty much And with that being said Protagonists are basically the main character The good guy of the story, right? And they tell you the backstory of them Why they want to be a good guy pretty much Or why we are following their story and we just push it forward Quite honestly that's all that's that's pretty much the best summons uh, I could summarize that up as best as I can. Uh, of course if you need to know more questions about anything anime related like that, you let me know personally because you know I got you. I got you like a, I got you like a Michael Jordan mid-range shot you know what I'm saying all right <laughs> So let's go through the 10. First of all, we' start off with Goku from the Dragon Ball universe um yes, this is easy. Easy breezy, cover girl. This is the easiest mode. Uh, from from where we at, especially when it comes to the manga. In the manga, they're sitting at an arc to where Frieza has got an, another transformation. Disgusting. I I, I hate reading their manga. It's so bad. Anyway, he has a new transformation, making him not the shr- making Goku not the strongest outside of Vegeta. Uh, outside of Frieza, we had characters that get introduced into the Dragon Ball universe who are just... just absolutely stronger than Goku and we're supposed to believe that Goku's entire what is it I, ideologically I forgot, I don't even know how to say the word right that is his, he's going to train and get stronger than the, get, than the next person this is just not true I'm sorry, but it's not true. There's at some point or another at the end of Dragon Ball, he's going to meet a character he just cannot surpass. At this moment of time, they're getting all this training and stuff, but like I said, it all has a limitation, and he still won't be the strongest in his universe. Main reason why. There's two characters known as Lord Zeno, who is pretty much a Universal Buster child with that power, and he created and destroyed everything he can touch, pretty much. If he doesn't like it, guess what? Universe is destroyed because he's a child, and that's what they do on that show. You have that. You have his Grand Priest. The Grand Priest is the father of all the angels in that show. He's the number one strongest uh, angel in that entire show. So, of course, he's, uh, he's over Goku easily. And then you have Liz and all his brothers and sisters who are all angels. They have a... They are in a state known as Orchard Instinct, which is your body moves on its own. You don't think. It just moves on its own and they're in that state 24-7. There's no stopping them. <laughs> Not only that, but they're angels of... I would say angels of creation. I want to say that because I think they create. Because Wiz is able to stop time and rewind it back. So watching the planet gets ashore, he can rewind it backwards. You know, type deal like that. So I think they're angels of of creations. Then they got gods of destruction, which... I don't, I don't I don't really believe in the goddess. I, I don't know. I don't know the goddess of destruction is kind of weird because people are using I think they're using false narratives to push like, oh okay, he's the strongest. Mainly because they're using the the funny part with that one is people confuse the anime and the manga because they are two different they two different source materials for for Dragon Ball, which is disgusting, quite honestly two different source material but yet people are taking a material from the manga to push for the anime and why this character is stronger than X character so in the manga all the gods of destruction had a battle out in a fight and just because Beerus was another character was one of the gods that didn't I mean that went all out pretty much people are assuming he's the strongest which never been said who's the strongest god they just said he hasn't taken an L except to one other god god but then there was another guy in there who received no damage at all. So, <laughs> you you let your mind wander. I don't know. But yeah, Goku's definitely not the strongest. He's not even close to being the strongest in his own show, which makes sense. Number two is Barto Uzumaki from the Barto Naruto Next Generation series. Um, definitely not. They still got his father in there. They still they're introducing god-like characters in his show. So he's not getting that, and from what I can tell, it seems like he's not even that the power that he's getting is not even his own power. Let's be honest here. That's what it's that's what it's not a seem like, but I think eventually I'm gonna pick back up on the show and just go through it, either that or in a manga reading, it just to see what exactly what is going on because it's kind of kind of strange that people have been hyping up something that most likely is not even his own. So if it's not his own, what are we doing here? But he's definitely not the strongest of his universe. They still they're introducing these god tier characters, and just that's just a no. Next up, we got Joseph Joestar from JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Not gonna lie, that's something I have not read or watched yet, so I can't comment on him not being the strongest of his universe. Uh, if you want to know, Ray 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 knows a lot about JoJo JoJo Bizarre Adventures, so. If you have any questions for Ray, Ray, you let me know and I'll get that question to him. and He'll be able to answer that for y'all on that subject because I, I cannot do that for you. Next up, we got Midoriya from My Hero Academia. Definitely not. Um, day one, he was not the strongest. <laughs> Let's just be honest. See, day one, he was not the strongest. They already introduced the, pretty much a character that was the probably their strongest character in the entire series. But he was in a past his Prime known as All Might. All Might in his prime is so dangerous that I would love to see what he looked like in his prime. From from stuff I read, he was fast enough to save uh, five children in like a couple seconds type deal, like three seconds. He was able to save children from like a mile or three or five or something away, and it's like he might be something bigger than we're thinking right now, but I don't know exactly. But All Might is stronger than than uh, Deku um Endeavor's stronger. I think majority not all of them but I think majority of the heroes the pro heroes are stronger than him at this moment of time but then again season 6 just dropped I have not watched it just yet it's on my list to watch cuz you know I'm interested in seeing what's going on next and even then a lot of the villains and the the quirks which is their special powers is a lot more impressive than his quirk cuz he has not mastered his quirk yet but then again he has potential of not only making his court work, but surpassing that court. When that court look like it's gonna be OP, so. But no, he's not the strongest of his universe. He hasn't never been the strongest of his universe. Even, even in season five, which I watched, he was still not the strongest of his universe. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, not at this moment in time. Next up, we got Edward Eric from the Full Metal Alchemist. Another series I have not watched. I think I've seen a handful of episodes but i would assume by the end of it he's still not the strongest in that in that universe i'm not too sure though but i'm like about like i'm about 80 percent sure he's not the strongest in his universe it's not even a, not even an argument quite honestly i don't need to go too much details into it because i don't know much about it but i could just a universe like that the way they was building it around he's definitely not going to be the strongest let's be honest here next up we got ash ketchum from pokemon what I mean, yeah, he lost. A lot. Of times. I think I think he does have an argument that if he had every single Pokemon he's ever captured, if he has that underneath his belt, we might be looking at a different series, but that's not how you run a series like that, you know what I'm saying? If he had every single Pokemon he's ever captured at his arsenal for an ultimate Pokemon duel, he'd probably win GG, right? I would assume. I don't know what he's all captured. He's probably captured a lot. But he also freed a lot of them like get rid of them so like let them stay at home or whatever with all that stuff but shout out to ash and pokemon they just finished off his series ash the ash journey is over with sadly um i would assume the pokemon fan base is gonna um, be excited for the new upcoming series of the pokemon universe should be interesting i might start watching I think about watching up until a certain point of the Pokemon anime. Probably right before the anime turned to trash, like the animation for it, because animation was like crap compared to back in the day. But of course, but yeah, I think I think yeah, that's 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 not even a it's not even a uh, this is not even a topic right here. This is not even a real thing. It's many times he's we we've seen him go to these gym battles, battle against the gym leaders and take an L, and then come back couple episodes like an episode or two later and then rebattle against them and didn't beat them so that right there can tell you he's not the chosen one he's not a prodigy or anything like that he's just a guy that took L's let's be honest here we'll be honest he just took L's for a living but that's cool at next up we have Rowan Kenshin from Rowan Kenshin of course uh this is a I watch a little bit I haven't watched too many but basically Rowan Kitchen is a expert samurai ninja guy. From during this time period, they have a certain era. I don't. Know, I'm not too sure what the era is, but yeah, Rowan Kitchen. He's uh He's supposed to be like a beast, but I haven't got too far into that anime to tell you. He's not the strongest. Uh, so far, he's only been dealing with jobbers, pretty much. He's been dealing with jobbers. I feel like he did go up against somebody that gave him a little run for his money, but. To say what it is and who it was, I, I cannot tell you. I'm not gonna lie, but it is something that is on my list. I have started watching a tad bit of it, not too many. I think the max I went up to was five episodes, but what that means I had to restart and rewatch it. But it's a very good, it's a very good watch, so you definitely need to watch it. I think it's on Hulu, you should be able to watch it on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. Next up, we got Asta from Black Clover. Um, yes, this is like, like I said, Asta from Black Clover, uh, in anime, meaning there's going to be characters that's going to be 10 times stronger than him. Easily. Easily. Even though he has potential to reach the level that he wants to reach with his to be the Wizard King, most likely the Wizard King is stronger than him, right? That's most likely. Most likely from the beginning of the series. As soon as we started up, we, we already knew there was characters stronger than him. So this is not even a questionable. It's not even questionable. Now, I am interested. Somebody let me know. Is Black Clover manga still running or was it done with? Because I have not heard anything from Black Clover in a long time. I feel like Black Clover's become the red-headed stepchild that, that kicked to the side. I don't know what happened. I just know it had a lot of hype behind it, and then it just died off. All that I know so far is that it's supposed to be a new movie coming to Netflix for it. But yeah, outside of their movie, I really haven't heard too much about Black Clover's anime or manga. I haven't heard anything. It felt like the fan base popped up and it died off really quickly. Which is crazy because some people were telling me that it was going to be like the same level as Naruto and stuff like that. But that sucks. That does suck because I look forward to stuff like that. But that's something I'm definitely going to watch uh, eventually. Eventually. It's one of the longer anime so I had to watch that eventually. Next up we got uh, I Ipo Ipo. He's a boxer with no superpowers. This is just boxing. It's straight up boxing. And... He basically, from what I'm understanding, shout out to Mo. If you need a question for Mo about this anime, let me know and I get that question to him. He said basically that the main character, he's a boxer and he starts off at the smaller weight division and he works his way up till eventually he can challenge till he eventually become a world champion. So I was like, man, that's crazy because then you get a lot of the um, training aspects of his boxing and learning how to get better as a boxer. I think that's an excellent anime. Quite honestly, that's a that's a very that's very underrated if you went with an anime like that. I told y'all we got. I told you anime has so much stuff in there that 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 is for everybody. I'm telling y'all. So if you're a boxing fan, if you're looking for a boxing anime that showcases the boxing stuff, that's an anime you can definitely go out and watch yourself. Um, if you want to watch that, let me know and I'll send you the uh the name of it because I'm not too sure what the name of it is, but. Yeah, that's that's easy. I don't I mean, I don't know much about the anime itself, but I mean outside of that boxing I'm assuming if he started from the bottom working his way to the top I'm pretty sure he probably took some L's and had a setback throughout his fighting career Or I don't know if it's still going It might be still going quite honestly So yeah, I mean, I mean that's easily you can tell he's not probably not the, the strongest boxer or the fastest or the best boxer So working his way to it gotta be something special and then finally on this list we have gone from hunter 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 or Hunter x Hunter, like I'll be doing, (laughs) Hunter x Hunter, and yeah, easy, yeah that anime, he's not the strongest, he's not the strongest, he's not gonna be the strongest, no matter what, I think he has potential, just like a lot of anime shows do, that has characters like that, that has potential, but long-term rise, he's most likely not the strongest character in the entire show, which is, like I said, that's fine, that's fine, he has to work his way up there, Uh, I think his best friend, uh, Think he's stronger than him? his Kill, family is probably is most likely stronger than him. Uh, he's running to characters who have probably have some crazy hacks too that are stronger than him also. So that doesn't surprises me about him not being the strongest character out of his show. And probably at the end of he's probably most likely still not the strongest. But then again, they're on a the hiatus, and I think the manga was too. So who knows what the ending is going to truly look like until we get to that very ending of the anime in the manga itself uh question marks question mark. but that's in that part right there ends your anime uh protagonist part next so we're moving back over to wrestling this is eight worst wde tag champions of the Brent extinction era so when they talked about this they was talking about pretty much so doing at some point what year was it doing they said brand extension. Brand extension started about 2016 is when they started doing Raw and SmackDown again. Big fan of the brand extinction, uh, extinction if you do not know. I'm a, thousand, I'm a big fan of that because I do feel like in modern day history of wrestling, they had so many great talent throughout the rosters and brands that they needed a brand split so they could establish these new upcomers. Like uh, bringing people up from NXT to the main roster but didn't have them not do anything that, that's a red flag to me. And then you have two shows like Raw and SmackDown that can use these talents and actually use them for something. And they can't because everyone's just floating around, holding hands, sitting a catering instead of wrestling and getting the storylines. That's why I feel like the brand expansion is very important. That's one of the things I do preach. If you ever heard me talk about wrestling in general, especially WWE wise, I always felt like the brand expansion extension are the is the most biggest and the most important thing that a company would ever do mainly because there's too much talent on that on that rosters on the brands that deserve time and minutes and uh, come ups there's no point of there's no reason to have unified titles unify anything everybody needs their own separate champion on each brand we need the raw champions we need the SmackDown champions and we need to build the rosters Both sides, everybody need to have their own pay-per-views outside of the Big Four. SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. That's the only time Raw and SmackDown should interact with each other when it comes to pay-per-views. Only four times a year, they should react. Outside of the draft itself, that should be the only time we saw both of them on pay-per-view together. And then they should be allowed to do whatever they want to. You know what I'm saying? Do whatever they want to. Let a certain... And let people... It's a, whole studio. it's a whole ordeal. It's a whole ordeal. Whole ordeal. I'm not going to get into it today. You know, cause I can keep going. That's a forever. Anyway, so <laughs> the first one, it's only eight. So the first one is Bobby Roode and Chad Gable on Monday Night Raw. Apparently they won the ta- the Raw tag team titles of 2019 in December. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that happening at all. Nowhere near. But that's what's up. I think one of the biggest mistakes they have made was Chad Gable and um, Jason Jordan before his neck injury. The biggest mistake was breaking them up, America Alpha. One of the biggest mistakes is breaking them up and letting them be single. I mean, letting them do absolutely nothing and then put Chad Gable in random tag teams. That didn't make no sense to me. I was like, what are we doing here? It it was dumb. It was dumb. I think they could have still do the Kurt Angle storyline with Chad Gable Along with Jason Jordan, I, that's just me. That's just me. But I guess you can call that a uh, what's this? The worst? Yeah, I can see that as the worst. Next up, we have. Oh, I have to flip pages. I did not know I have to flip pages. I thought it'll be all on one page. So I have to flip a page. Apparently, uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins on a Monday Night Raw. Yeah, what's this? The summer of 2018. Yeah, that was just. That was bullcrap because all that did was pretty much they were trying to they was trying to build off this I don't know what they was doing quite honestly I think they were just having fun trying to get the shield that was the see that's one of the biggest problems with WWE was trying to recreate the same factions or uh, units again a couple years later or so so Ambrose and Rollins I think they did it for a little bit but they lost the tag titles and eventually they started feuding last major ambrose's feud before he leaves the company and we get john moxley in aew you now i'm saying the real face of aew you know what i'm saying but yeah that's up jason jordan and seth rollins on raw that was back in 2017 i cannot believe seth rollins he was just in mid-card hell is what i call it you do not want to be stuck there because they just put you in doing random things nothing important type deal that's horrible 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 so, them two being together, they was feeding out for that, trying to make Jason Jordan a bigger name, basically. Trying to make him a bigger name. I don't think he... Knew, like I said, I, y'all heard what I said with him and Chad Gable. So, that's my personal opinion. Seth Rollins should, should not be involved with any crap like that, in my personal opinion. Uh, Quick thing, real quick. I'm watching the 76ers versus the Miami Heat on April 6, 2023. This is a Thursday. And uh, Heat this. Molly them. Right now, it's 104 to, like, 80, and it's the fourth quarter with eight minutes left still. They still got a whole eight minutes. <laughs> it's embarrassing out here. Anyway, next up, they got Kirk Hawkins and Zack Ryder for the Raw Tag Team titles. There's a lot of Raw Tag Team titles, by the way. This what happens to be 2019, in early 2019. I remember them winning these Tag Team titles. I remember them winning these Tag Team titles. I was a big fan. I was always a big fan that... um I was a big fan of they had not doing anything with Kurt Hawkins, and they wasn't doing anything with Zack Ryder. I said, like, why not just put them together as a tag team? Put them together as a tag team and let them run a tag team division, you know, build them up. And they did it. And I was like, holy crap, they actually did what I – I was like, holy crap, they actually did it. But then they had to lose the titles and them not doing anything. So I don't understand. <laughs> I, just, I just didn't understand. I just don't understand. Now both of them are on uh, indies, indies doing their thing off uh, WWE. I think Kurt Hawkins – Anyway, so the next matchup happens to be uh, Braun Strowman. Not matchup, wow. Next team was Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. This is WWE trying to recapitalize on the whole we're going to be opponents for a championship match. So how about we team up and win the tag team titles? Quite honestly, they've only been successful, I think, in my personal opinion, once. And that was Shawn Michaels and John Cena. Because they would go on to WrestleMania with the World Tag Team Titles and still put the WWE Title on the line, so it's like two champions in that match together. I mean, two t- the partners were teaming up with the titles on with the title on the line and still be tag team champions after. I think that's the only that's really the only thing there. Next up was the B Team, which happens to be Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. Yeah. I'm just going to say yeah on that. I don't remember that. This is all Raw tag teams. That's crazy to me. This is all Raw tag teams. And it's still all Raw tag teams right now. Was it one SmackDown tag team? Nope, not one SmackDown. This is all Raw. So that showcased you who what brand was doing what with these titles. Number two was Braun Strowman and the kid known as Nicholas. WrestleMania 34. The build-up to WrestleMania 34 was Braun Strowman said he needed a tag team partner. And his tag team partner happens to be a 10-year-old boy named Nicholas. Yeah. And basically, that was just for Braun Strowman to have a tag team partner. So, he could challenge for the tag team titles. That absolutely went nowhere. After absolutely going nowhere, the titles were vacated. So, yeah. And then, the number one spot was The Miz and and the Shane McMahon for SmackDown. The only SmackDown (laughs) on this thing. And... This was when Shane was just... They were just doing too much. Shane was just everywhere. They give... It was just idiotic. They had a best in the world tournament. I don't know if y'all remember that. The best in the world tournament. And uh, Shane McMahon won that. I was like... Yeah, I hate it here. Type deal. And... Yeah. It just... Yeah, that's just all that. So that was the wrestling. That was the brain extinction era and what that was supposed to be, supposedly. But whatever. Next up, we're jumping back to the anime. It is Naruto and why the tuning exams make no sense. Now, if you're a Naruto fan or you're getting into Naruto, the tuning exams is one of the best arc possible. So the fact that somebody decided to go ahead and write uh, an entire article talking about why it didn't make any sense... Yeah, you're gonna have to educate me. This is from GameRant.com, by the way. And I want to see what kind of nonsense these people have. I don't actually think I can read this article. They're telling me I need to sign up to write to to, to read this article, and I don't sign up for anything, and I can't read it otherwise. So never mind. Cancel that one. So we're gonna cancel that one out because I'm not signing up for it. Idiotic article just to read something real quick, whatever. And then finally, that's the last one we got on here since we couldn't read that one. It is 10 baby faces that we had no idea how to book. Man, this website, uh, this website always got interesting articles. So, So let's get it up. It's 10 baby faces that we know how to build, how to do this with. First one at number 10. Dominic Mysterio in 2021. That was a long time ago. That was three years ago. That's two years ago, by now. Wow. It's crazy how much time just passes by, people. But it wasn't that. It was just we knew as a singles wrestler, he. it just wasn't it. Right? It just was not going to be it because he didn't spend no time down into NXT and not spending time in NXT, he just call, he goes straight to the main roster with his dad and trying to learn with all the veterans on the main roster, something they haven't really done in a very long time, I think. So it was very interesting that this was a, a choice. So not only was this a choice, they, that's what they pushed, right? They pushed Dominic Mysterio on the main roster. They kept him up with Rey Mysterio up until late last year, where, Rey, where Dominic finally went heel. And... He's, he's been holding his own. He's, he's better as a heel than he was a babyface altogether. Let's just be honest. But eventually he will turn face, but I just don't know when and how that's going to be. But we, we can definitely see that happening. It's, it's definitely happening. Next up at number nine is Bray Wyatt in 2018. I didn't know he was a, he had a face turn. Uh, let's see. Uh, he started a feud with Matt Hardy, resulting in the elder Matt Hardy brother being woken after the ultimate deletion match at Callback. So Hardy, when he disappeared from Bray Wyatt disappeared, returned to help Hardy to win the Andre the giant memorial battle warrior. They won the world tag, the title, dropped the tag, team titles due to Hardy being injured in Creative Chain. White was moved to T V and later returned with his new fiend character. Oh Wow. That was boring. I think anything I think <laughs> let's talk about Bray Wyatt for a couple of seconds before we move on to the next person. I think he's damaged. I think he's done for. Not only was he... I think he was down for... I think he was done for before the Vince McMahon came back thing. Because w- w- why I say that... His gimmick really wasn't... It, it was just there, quite honestly. Like, I think his the mystery and in, in the myths about Bray Wyatt left a while back. Because we loved... Like, every version of Bray Wyatt was awesome, to say the least, right? We had the cult leader with the Wyatt family that when that ran that course, which it was a long time before it ran a course, then, you know, this little, I guess that was a face turn. I guess I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you want to call that as a real face turn, but that happened. And then even after that, whenever he did the fiend gimmick in the fun house, that was over too. And now we're at this. What Bray Wyatt, what, what's next with Bray Wyatt? And we are always expecting the next evolution to his character development and, and characters to change. But in reality, it's just, it's just not it, and since it's not it, no one's really, no one really cares. No one really cares, and that's the problem with Bray Wyatt. His his storyline, it, it had interest, but I think it it lost his to me. It loses interest in during the, the 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 match with LA Knight at the World Rumble, which I thought it was cool. I thought it was a nice little match, but like he got this new mask and stuff. It's like, what is this Bray? What are we doing? This is how I looked at. It. Like, what are we doing? and then after we don't know what we're doing we 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 we're, we're back to doing stuff that we already did old gimmicks basically and it's like uh eh. so let's say he does come back and Bray Wyatt is still going what what's what's Bray Wyatt it's the question what's, what's what's supposed to be Bray Wyatt what is he supposed to be about moving forward that's the question i have but that's just me next up we got Ronda Rousey 2022 uh this was a mistake. I think the mistake was after losing to Charlotte. No, after no, 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 not take it back. Not losing to Charlotte. She won the title for Charlotte. That was fine. You know, people want to cheer her, I guess, if you want to call that cheering, but she's a natural heel. She just screams heel. She's always been a natural heel, in my personal opinion. So you come out and you do the whole I think the Liv Morgan storyline really screwed her over. Not only that, but the matches it like it's just she just doesn't fit the babyface role. Let's just be honest. She, she just doesn't. In the beginning of her run, in the beginning of her uh, her career, WWE, e, yeah, she was a cool little babyface. But after that, nah. Nah, nah, nah. It just wasn't that. She was built to be a heel. And that's what she is. That's what she thrives in, in my personal opinion. And it's awesome. Cause people don't like her anyway. So that's just me. Number seven, Brock Lesnar, 2002? 2002. 2002. Uh, let's see. After being betrayed by Paul Heyman and losing his WWE championship to the Big Show after the 2002 Survivor Series, the next big thing turned babyface. He went on to win the 2003 World War II match and defeated Kurt Angle for the title at WrestleMania 19. However, it was strange to see the Beast, a monster who dominated his way to the top of the company, engaged in a friendship with Kurt Angle. The pair would be seen interacting in various backstage segments. By the, by the summer of 2003, Legend did turn heel again when he sided with the evil Mr. McMahon. took... You Nearly know, twenty years to become the baby fit. Uh, I think that's WWE's problem. The WWE's problem has always been that uh, they get this monster heel, and after this monster heel, after they have this monster heel for so long, they want to turn him face, make him friendly to try to market him as that. And there's a lot of wrestlers who just don't fit that. There's a lot of wrestlers just like uh, don't 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 change that. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. But WWE has have a habit of just doing it. I don't know why, but they just they just have that habit. I don't get it. I never understood it but personally. They just have the habit. Mark Henry. <laughs> we seen Mark Henry do it. We see Big Show did it multiple times. Kane, yeah, he did it. Like that that's the thing. A lot of people would like to bring up like, oh yeah, I missed the old school Kane. With the masses. Like, yeah, you remember that also, that Kane wasn't a monster anymore. They turned him babyface, and he was like a babyface. Like, get out of here, dude. That's like, that Kane is dead and over with. Let's be honest here. It's just something that WWE end up doing with all their monster heels. They turned baby babyface and let them try to bring out the silly side of them, which makes zero sense. Zero, zero sense. A birth of the 2013. Oh, Lord. It was... <laughs> yeah... He turned face, but his ring announcer was the one that was getting him over in his matches. He was so boring. He was a, he's a, he, he's one of those. He's a solid. He's a good wrestler, but he's boring, so no one cared. And to this day, I I still don't care. I've seen better Hispanic wrestlers that were just better. I tried to see and Almos is better. Um, Santos Escobar. He was he's better. So I have seen. I seen these characters, I'm like, these guys are ten times better than anything that Bertha Dero ever did in his career. Personally. That's just me. Number five was Charlotte in twenty seventeen. I did not know she became a babyface in twenty seventeen. I don't remember what she did in twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen is a blank for me. Twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen almost seem like big blanks to me in wrestling. I don't think I think I fell off while I was just mainly NXT. I don't remember a lot of stuff that happened in twenty seventeen, quite honestly. So, her being a babyface, I mean, I guess, it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Because she, she she goes back and forth. She's a better heel. She can be a better face. It's just, why you know, it's one of those. It's one of those she's good at both, but one is dominating the other one. Batista 2014, this is a cop-out. I don't like that. This is a cop-out. This is a very cop-out answer right here. Because he wasn't a babyface for too long. Batista was... um he was gonna make his return to the company at the War Rumble, and when he did that, uh, he won the main event of the World Rumble. That War Rumble was a historically bad War Rumble, mainly because while it was awesome to see Batista back and win the World Rumble, it wasn't cool because WWE didn't put Daniel Bryan in the match, and WWE in like it was crazy. I don't know if WWE really knew what they were doing, or stuff just happened out of their control ever trying to keep pushing. I don't know what that was. I would love to know their answer to it because Batista came back. Everybody was excited for Batista, but Daniel Brian was red hot. He was a red hot baby face and they didn't put him in the Royal Rumble. So why didn't they put him in the Royal Rumble and then have him lose, like get him out by somebody, you know what I'm saying? To set up a Royal, Royal the WrestleMania match for him. That's something different to where fans can still, you can still do your Batista run and have Brian do something else. They just did not care. They booed that man, so he was not even a babyface for too long. He was a babyface for like two months, and then he was back to being a heel. He had to turn heel. He had to. The Miz in 2012, yep. The Miz in 2012, it was fresh, but then it ran its course so quickly. No one cared. Not only that, but when he started using the figure four, I was so angry when he was doing the figure four because he would never build up to the figure four. He'll just do it and matches would just... And people would tap out. I'm like, dude, you even work on the legs that entire match. You just did it. And they were just like, yeah, that's good enough. I didn't like that. I never liked it, that. But I Miz mean, as a baby face was fresh, but now his Hollywood gimmick is his best gimmick. It was awesome. Beginning of it was awesome, quite honestly. Pun is attended for that. But... Being a heel is something Miz can do. He can easily turn the face at any point, and it'll be it'll be solid. It'll be interesting, but, you know, I think Miz is, is good enough to be a heel for the rest of his career, quite honestly, and he'll be fine. Act two is Roman Reigns 2015. They can do Roman Reigns after the Shield in general. Roman Reigns, babyface from after the Shield all the way up until he left and he came back to that as a tribal chief. You can do that. That's not just 2015, no. It was the fact was wwe wanted roman to be the next baby face the next mega star for them the next face of the company it didn't work it didn't work because people we we did not like that we did not like being forced and told that this person is going to be the face of the company with no pushback he they thought there was going to be no pushback they thought it wasn't but no no we did not we was not a fan of that um horrible they, they put him in bad situations let's be honest they, he was in bad situations bad situations bad situations they ended up leading to him truly never getting over with the fans some fans was cheering him because they liked him i mean that's just natural and then a lot of people just hated him he was worse than john cena john cena's john cena stuff was didn't start really popping up until a little later you know what i'm saying a little later but a little later in his career roman's reigns was Immediately once they were trying to once you just noticed that he was they were trying to push him, they was like, Nope. Fans was like, No, nah, that's not happening. Not on our watch. That sucks, but but hey, we got the tribal chief out of it. So let's take I'll take that twenty-four-seven. And finally, at number one was Randy Orton in two thousand four. This happens after uh breaking up from evolution and them trying to um they're trying to make Randy Orton the next big babyface. They thought they they had a next big babyface on the roster with him. The problem with that was at that time, Triple H was untouchable. And Randy Orton just was not that guy. They thought he was getting over. They thought he was getting like the big babyface. He really wasn't doing much. And when you start having him lose his matches against certain people, then it kind of just wires down to that. That's the reason why Batista, whenever he did it, it was successful because they did a three pay-per-views, defeats of Triple H and Roll, not Randy Orton. That sucks, but that's just reality. But uh, that was it. That's the end of those three articles all together. Uh, plus, puzzle four. Ended up being three. That's fine, though. I ain't tripping. But, uh, y'all hit that share button. Share this everywhere on the platforms. Let me know what you're thinking of these articles, and I'll catch you guys on the next podcast.